So we kind of started slow a little bit, right? Uh, I hope this morning was helpful. Was it helpful? All right. That's awesome. Okay. Now we just need to do it. <laughs> that would be very helpful, right? And uh, just practice that and, and, and start working on it, right? Um, prayer is just so awesome. There's a scripture I want to just quickly remind you of, uh, Psalm 65, verse 1. It says, and silence belongs to the Lord. Isn't that something? I love that, right? And silence belongs to the Lord. And out of silence, our praise will erupt. Yeah? Isn't that something? That's exactly what we're talking about this morning, is that silence, that quiet, and then we erupt into praise. And that's what he wants. But another thing about this year, it's the year of manifestation. I want you to say that again. It's a nice word. Say manifestation. Manifestation. But manifestation, that sounds nice, right? <laughs> I was forced to preach Afrikaans last week in Fulyun's Kroon. I guess Afrikaans, but Afrikaans preek is very moeilijk. En dan moet ek woord, dit is manifestatie gebruik, en om een of ander heren klink het net glad nie die selle vir my nie. <laughs> en impartatie, is nie die selle nie. Aangeval. <laughs> so, this is also the year of manifestation. Right, some call it the sudden lease of God, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter, but, but it's true. Right, God is going to surprise us. He's going to overtake us. The reaper is going to overtake the sower in this year. And, and it's all about that rest. It's all about sitting in that place, right? And just being with the Lord and allowing Him to, to just do His thing and anoint us, right? Um, a verse that came alive to me again, such a famous verse. We all know it. But I really like the famous verses. Right? They're famous for a reason. Have you noticed? <laughs> yeah, there's something in them. There's something in all of them, but sometimes it's just good to revisit the old ones and be reminded why they're so awesome, right? Romans 1 verse 16, right? I am not ashamed of the gospel, right? Because why? What is the gospel? For the gospel is what? Yeah. What is the gospel? I want you to say it. What is the gospel? Power. What is the gospel? It's power. Right? Don't let anyone tell you anything else. What is the gospel? It is the power of God. The power of God. Right? Unto what? Salvation for who? All men. Right? What is the gospel? The power of God. (laughs) Right? That's amazing. It's amazing. What's the gospel? The power of God unto salvation for who? All men. Doesn't matter who you are, what color, what race, what income group, what food group, vegan, non-vegan. Uh, I heard there might be vegans coming to the Transkai. I don't know. I'm worried that they're going to be eaten there, right, by the locals because they're looking for meat. And these vegans are not, lo- it's going to be difficult for me to handle that situation, right? But it's fine. Go for it. Whatever suits floats your boat, right? <laughs> but what is the gospel? It is the power of God unto what? Salvation, body, soul, and spirit. We know these verses. These are well-known verses, but I want to remind you of it because that's exactly what it is. If we've made it anything else than that, we've missed the point, right? It is the power of God. Psalm 105, seek the power of God. Seek His face. Seek Him more. Right? It's actually a commissioning in Scripture to seek the power of the Lord. Right? It is the power of God. To do what? To transform lives. To get us born again. To get us infold with the Spirit. Filled with the glory. Into the glory. So that we can be His glory on the earth. That we can carry His image wherever we go. It's the power to transform broken, sick, diseased bodies. It's the power to set the captives free. It's the power to deliver. It's the power to raise the dead and to cast out demons and to cleanse lepers. It's the power of God, right? And it's foolishness to others, but we do what? We preach Jesus, right? It's Jesus. It's it's as simple as that. And God wants to manifest Himself in our lives in a way we haven't seen before. We have to raise our expectation beyond the disappointment of the past, and like I said to you, what the Lord showed me in May was such a weird thing where He said, I want you to act as if you're in revival. Don't hype anything up. Don't be fake. But live on that level of expectation that He can move any minute and do something any minute. Right? That's who we're supposed to be. 
We are supposed to manifest the kingdom wherever we go. We are supposed to bring that manifestation of power everywhere. It's all over Scripture. 1 Corinthians 4.20, right? Well-known verses. The kingdom is not a matter of what? Words. But it is of? Power. Yeah. Dunamis. The inherent power that is in something. Dunamis power, it's, it's, it says it's something that is inherent. The nature of its thing is powerful by itself. So that's something you can't stop it. You can't not have it. It's, it's just, it's the very nature of that thing is power. And the gospel is that thing. It is power. It's inherent. It's in it. You can't deny it. You can't pull it out of it. It is a mighty force that God has released on the earth to set the captives free, to change our own lives, to get us born again, get us saved, get us renewed, make us free people, right? That's the beauty of the gospel. It's power, right? And we shouldn't depart from that. We shouldn't forget that everything that we spoke of this morning, it's about this power that's being generated as we do, as we seek the Lord in prayer, right? It's this power that is released over us as we work on our union with the Lord. But it's these demonstrations of power that we need in this day and age, right? It's what God is looking for. The other night I was, I was sitting and um, we were just, we were in the trans sky and just praying it's the new year and we're just kind of figuring out a couple of things. And um, this is the one thing we've decided in the trans sky that nothing surprises us anymore. Like nothing, right? We actually go in there and we're like, if somebody wants to see us, we kind of just look at each other and go, okay, this could be anything from really good news to the worst news in the world. So we're just not going to, you know, just don't be surprised. Anything can happen, right? So we were um, uh, in one of those seasons where we're just praying for direction and figuring out what God wants to do. And I'm sitting one night and I'm thinking about a couple of things, especially one of our Sunday services on the base, uh, which is supposed to be awesome. Uh, But it's not really at the moment, so I'm not enjoying my own church. I don't know if you ever had that. (laughs) The guys in ministry, you won't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I was thinking, I'm thinking, I don't, if I, I wouldn't have come to this church. I'm not enjoying this at all, right? And and that shouldn't be that way. I should enjoy it, right? That's what I always tell my wife. I always go home and I'm like, I don't know if they enjoyed it, but I did. So I don't really care about you. I love you, but I'm going to enjoy it, right? Otherwise, we should just pack up and go back home, right? Right? Isn't it? And it's not arrogant, it's true. <laughs> it should be joyful. Right? It should be joyful. It should be fun. At least we should enjoy it. Otherwise, stop doing it. We're doing it wrong then. Right? Okay? Even in the hardships, we should enjoy it. So I'm thinking, I'm not enjoying this. And I'm just kind of talking to the Lord. And, and I came to a conclusion. Um, if I'm not enjoying it, I'm pretty sure he's not enjoying it either. <laughs> that might be why I'm not enjoying it. Because he's not showing up. Right? So... So I'm sitting and I'm just going, God, this sucks. What do we do? Right? I'm just being honest. I'm sorry. Is it too honest? Are you fine? Because <laughs> it's true. If, if I don't feel welcome, I'm pretty sure he doesn't feel welcome either. Right? Okay, so that's a problem. And without him, it's really dry. <laughs> so, so I'm going, what do we do? And it's so funny. I mean, we, we have all these teachings and awesome stuff. And I teach it as well. And the, the glory and all of these realms and stuff. And he said the simple word to me. He said, so you need to get back to the anointing. Isaiah 10, 27. The anointing breaks the yoke. He's like, you're not, you're out of your anointing. You're not meaning the way we're doing church. It's not, we've shifted out of what we're actually anointed for. And we kind of conform to something that's completely not us. Yeah? And the minute that you do that, the joy leaves and you're out of the rest. But what happens? The anointing breaks the yoke. So we need to get back to the anointing. It's a simple word, isn't it? But if we want manifestations, when, when did you have the manifestation? When you were walking in the anointing. Right? Because the anointing does it. It's, it's to be smeared or rubbed by God. It's, it's, it's God rubbing off on you, literally. Right? And you moving throughout the world and that, that oil, that fatness breaks the yoke, Isaiah 10, 27, right? But actually, they actually said what they believed, what happened is that ox would get so fat, right? The fatness, it would grow so strong that it would just crush the yoke off completely. So if something that tried to oppress it couldn't anymore because it was growing strong, it was getting fatter and fatter, right? The fatness of the Lord, right? So 
We need to get back to the anointing because that's the thing that opens the way. That's what set you before kings in any way. That's what brought you where you are today, by the way, most likely. Right? The very thing that brought you to where you are, that's the anointing. And the minute we depart from that, we actually miss the whole point and we can pack up our bags and go home. Right? We, we have to get back to the, my, my whole, this whole year for us is to get back to that place. And it's not because we are in sin or anything. It's just got busy, things grew. We, we don't know how to get everything. I've become an admin person. I've become a taxi driver. I've become a referee at the house most of the time. I've become a lot of things that I shouldn't be doing, right? But that's ministry. I get that, right? And there's seasons. But it's like God is saying, it's time to get back into your anointing, right? If you want to crack this thing open, it's not going to be any other way. You can't compromise, right? If freedom, miracles, signs, and wonders, if that was your thing, if worship is your thing as a family, if that's the, the thing, then why, why are we not doing that? Right? Why are we compromising? Everywhere else we get it right. So it's a good word, I think. It's a simple word, but it's a really good word. It's really to get back to your original call, the thing that he made you to do. The, that's Philippians 2 verse 13. Uh, can I quickly read that? I just need to find it. I know it in the other translations, but not in the Passion. And the Passion happens to say it very nicely. Uh, Philippians 2.13, look at this. It says, God will continually revitalize you. Isn't that, I, that's beautiful. That's, right there, I'm happy, right? Because God will continually revitalize you. So there's continuously like a revitalization, energy, awakening, whatever you want to call it. It's continually going to come to you, right? That's what it feels like when you're walking in the anointing. You're, you're tired, but you're revitalized. I, we did a conference with you guys in Cape Town one time. That was so awesome. We had, I think it's the one where we had the gold teeth and the diamonds and the stuff, remember? Oh, man, it was wild. It was really phenomenal. We had so much fun. And uh, it was a weekend, but... I'll never forget it. I actually got on the airport, and I'm walking on the airport, supposed to be going to my plane, and I'm sitting there waiting, and the next minute, I couldn't remember in what city I'm in. I'm not sure where I'm going, and I'm not sure which city I'm in. But legitimately, like, I'm in trouble. I'm thinking I need to find my wife and find out what's going on, because I'm out of it completely, right? That's the anointing. So your body is so tired, but it's like a buzz on the inside and location. Nothing matters anymore. The only thing that matters is, is the presence. It's God. It's what he did. And you're just kind of feasting on that. And, and that's when I heard the guy speak about percolating. Have you heard about percolating? Have you had that? It's like many of you maybe will percolate tonight a little bit, right? It's when you go to bed, but you're not sleeping, but you're not awake. And you're just that feeling. Have you had that feeling? It's awesome, but after day six or seven, it's quite exhausting. Then you need to unplug and just become a human again, right? But it's so nice. It's so energizing, but you're just really tired at some point. But that's the anointing. Do you understand? That's the presence of God that's just working. It's not even you. It's just going on, and it's happening the whole time, and it's dreams and visions and revelations and miracles, and it's, yay, it's so much fun. But sometimes you need to rest. But it does what? It revitalizes you, Right? It revitalizes you constantly. That's the good thing. Man, I'm getting confused. What am I talking about? Anyway, so implanting within you the passion to do what pleases Him. Isn't that beautiful? So God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases Him. That's, that's just the most awesome place to be. If you're walking in this place and you, I mean, you want to quit about how many times a year do we want to quit? Five, six, I don't know, a lot, right? Monthly. We want to quit. But then suddenly it's just like this passion. It's like, we can't quit. We love this. It's like, who's going to tell them about Jesus? <laughs> right? Who's going to do it? Because there's not a lot of people out there. Yeah. Not a lot. <laughs> they don't have this. They don't feel this. They don't get this glimpse of glory every now and again. That we just touched on and we go, oh, it's nothing. No, what you just had was heaven touching earth. And I know there's greater levels and ways. I get that. I've been in lesser and fewer and it doesn't matter. But you understand that there's people that never has it because the atmosphere is just filled with rubbish. Nobody has it, right? And suddenly you think of it and, and then he revitalizes you again because you know you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, right? But it's the anointing that will break that yoke. 
That's how the manifestation of God is going to come, right? And this whole prophetic thing that we, we're talking with, like I said, it's mystics, it's people of prayer, it's people that will sit in the closet with the Lord, and that's the movement that's going to be awakened over the earth right now. Missionary movements, prophetic movements, what I said this morning, apostolic movements, all of it's going to be birthed out of this place of prayer, quiet prayer, pressing into the Lord, right? That's going to be the key. But then we're going to come out, and, and it, it's the lion and the lamb. We always talk about it. It's the king and the priest. The priest is sitting in that place, and then the king comes out of the prayer closet, right? And whatever the king says happens. And that king is inside of you, and he's going to start making decrees out of you. That's Elijah and Elisha. What did they do? They said, these signs will follow. This will happen, and that will be a sign. This is the word of the Lord, and that is the sign, right? Do you understand? That's the kind of manifestation that God is looking for. How does that affect your family? Simple. You pray, you hear from the Lord, and then you stick to your guns until it manifests. And that way, everybody around you in the house start growing faith. Right? It's as simple as that if you want to bring it to ground level quickly. It's, it's to listen and to not move and to not get frantic when this happens or that happens, but you're the person of peace because you heard from the Lord and you said it to your family and now we wait. No, we're not taking the easy option. We're not copying out this way or that way, but we're going to do what God said. And when they see that manifest, that brings glory to the Lord. Somewhere in Isaiah, the Lord says, you know why I'm telling you this stuff, Isaiah? It's my free translation. I don't know which verse. You're going to have to find it or I'll find it for you, right? But he says, Isaiah, I want you to understand something. The reason why I'm revealing all of this that's going to happen in the future is so that when it happens... The heathen nations can't go and say, there God said it first, but I did. Because I'm the one who made the heavens and the earth. I'm the one who created, and I'm in control. Do you understand? That's the point. God gets glory when we get into accuracy. It's not about flashiness. It's not about, oh, look at that guy. It's about God going, I knew this is going to happen. I'm preparing you for it now already. Right? Isn't that awesome? It's that manifestation. It's to listen and to manifest the kingdom of God. How do you activate the promises? Yeah. Thank you. It seems like somebody listened. I'm just happy. By faith. Hebrews 4, verse 1 to 3. They mixed faith into the promise, and that activated the promise. Right? So how do you manifest God, the power of God? How do you manifest Romans 1, verse 16? By faith. Right? Can I tell you a story? Because it's the season of manifestations, right? So I'm going to tell you a couple of stories to encourage you. And then we're going to pray for people. And hopefully that works out well. Right? So, so last year was interesting. But let's begin with this story. So I'm, I'm going into, I went into a fast in October and August and September. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful, but it was really bad. <laughs> it's like when you walk at, into a conference and some of your friends see you and they're all like, are you okay? Are, are you fine? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a bit shady, all right? So, and, uh, so we walk into this thing and, and it was, uh, dad was there with me in Tarka. Stad. I've never heard of Tarka Stad in my life. It's actually a place. Yeah. People live there and everything. And uh, so they had a men's camp in Tarka Stad. Uh, about a hundred men from all over South Africa came together for this camp. And I was so happy because finally I get to preach at a men's camp. Um, I always tell Maurice, for some reason, in my early ministry years, I was one of the favorite speakers in the Living Word uh, circle for female, for women's camps. I don't know why. If there's a women's camp, they invited me. And I'm like, I don't get it. I was just excited because I could pray for people. But it's just like, man, I want to be manly too. You know, I don't know why am I doing something wrong. <laughs> finally, I'm at a men's camp. I'm like, yes. Right, so I'm just excited. And uh, anyway, so we're ministering, and, and on the Saturday, they say, "Listen, um, they want they're going to do we're going to do outreach in the township nearby, and uh, you know it's like first time for people. They're going to go if you want to go. It's 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 not compulsory, but if you want to go, you're welcome." So I'm thinking, this is kind of what I do almost every single day of my life. So if I can miss this one, I wouldn't mind. But, you know, I don't, you know, so I'm kind of thinking I'm going to miss this one. And at some point I just feel, ah, maybe, you know, right, just, let's just go. So I get in the bus and we go. It's a group of guys. But they're, some, some of them very experienced, some of them very new at this thing. So they have like food parcels. 
and it's a Saturday afternoon in a township. Yeah. How many of you have been in a township on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah. It's not, it's not the best timing at all, ever, right? It's like a lot of alcohol going around, am I right? It's not the most sober group of people that you're going to encounter. But anyway, so we're like, okay, fine. And, it, and it's 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. I'm thinking this is not a good idea. But anyway, let's go. So we're going there, food parcels, just to kind of open the conversation, which is you know, great, whatever works. And so, so they hand out the food parcels, and, and now we end up in front of a Shabin, like on a busy street corner, we're in a Shabin, and, I, and I'm kind of just minding my own business. <laughs> and the guys are doing their thing, and we start talking to this guy, having a conversation. He's really, everybody's really drunk, so it's not a surprise. And, uh, but I've made a decision that there's a level of drunkenness that I try to avoid, because it's just wasting my time. So... <laughs> I'm sorry if that offends you, but <laughs> there's actually somebody sober somewhere that I want to talk to maybe or wants to talk to me. But God can do whatever he wants. Agreed? Yeah. So uh, we're standing, we're praying for people, not much happening. It's kind of weird. And you know, everybody's looking at the white guys now thinking, what are they doing here? The Shabin is kind of buzzing. And anyway, so the next minute, there's a lady. She starts coming to me and I see her from a distance and she's eyeing me and she's coming with meaning to me, right? She, she's intentional about approaching me right now. So she pushes through everybody and she just kind of, <laughs> no words, no protocol, just <laughs> like, okay, I assume you are wanting prayer. And she, and I just, but she's really drunk, really drunk. So I pray for her, I touch her and we pray for about 30 seconds. The next minute God shows up and whack, she's on the floor. But I mean, out, she's on the ground. And now, that is called, say, manifestation. Yeah. And what manifestations do is they produce some sort of an activity in the atmosphere around you, right? And it's usually a chaotic one, because what does the anointing do? It confronts, right? The anointing automatically offends and confronts everything that is against what you stand for in the Lord. That's the good part about it. You want this, right? I know I was talking about rest the whole point. I'm still in rest while doing this. Do you understand? But my restfulness is really upsetting the spirit realm around me right now because they're not enjoying it. So my peace is causing a bit of chaos where I'm going. That's called the overflow, right? Yeah? <laughs> and that's called manifestations. It's such an awesome thing. So she's on the floor, and now we have everybody's attention. So now people are going, you know, everybody's going, okay, what's happening? And kind of confusion. And now her boyfriend comes. And he is drunker than she was a minute ago. So she, he comes and he's like, what did you do to my girl? I'm like, dude, I didn't, you know, we didn't do anything. Right? Not my fault. I did this. That happened. This is Jesus touching her. You should actually be really happy. This is good for you. Right? And he's kind of drunk and, you know, he's getting confused and... And now the whole Shabin is, now there's a bus. People are, now the people are coming out of the Shabin and they're kind of looking at us, what's happening on the streets. So I'm, I'm happy now, right? Something is happening. <laughs> so this one gets up and she disappears. Now there's lots of questions and people are coming and asking questions. The next minute she comes back, but now she's got a 16-year-old. It's like, <laughs> she's got the, but she's sober now, by the way. She's not drunk anymore. Mama is fine now. She's got the 16-year-old, and she puts her down in front of me, and she's like, he's going to pray for you. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. So we go. I pray for her. 30 seconds later, whack, God gets her. She's on the floor. But now she's also, same manifestation. Yeah, manifestations are happening. This is really good, right? But she's manifesting a demon now. So this is less peaceful than the previous one. That one was kind of quick deliverance. This one is not, right? So the demon is going or pulling around, all of that stuff. So we get down, we start praying for her, and God shows up. Awesome God, right? Awesome God in the middle of the township, right at the front door of the Shabin, and she gets delivered, right? And she gets up, and she's hugging her mom. It's this awesome thing. And, and she just disappears, and she just goes and sleeps for the first time, and I don't know how long, and she's got peace. Now... It's really exciting around this specific location, right? So, so now there's a bus. There's a group of children standing back there. And I'm like, hey, do you want me to pray for you? They're like, no, 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 no. You're not, no. 
no, you're not praying for me. I'm like, but it's like these 11, 12-year-old teenagers. I'm like, come on, man, don't be, don't be a girl. Come. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. So, because they're like, no. And I'm like, why not? We don't want to fall. I'm like, but who says you're going to fall? I don't know what's going to happen. Just try it out, right? Anyway, so we pray for them. Now guys are getting born again. I mean, now there's life. Do you understand that? Why? Anointing and manifestation. Do you understand? We need this. It is the power of God unto salvation for all men, even the drunk ones, right? Even the drunk ones. So now things changed in the little township. Now there's a blind guy. No, we have to go to this guy. So we run to the blind guy. We're praying for the blind guy. I'm out in the street again. There's another lady. She's like, no, drunk as can be. She's like, let me pray for you. Pray for her. Oh, mama, yeah. Pray for boom, on the floor. Now everybody, again, manifestation, right? Two blocks away. Again, it's happening. It's just stuff is happening. Life is coming. Why? Because it's a season of manifestation, right? Right after this, we get on an airplane, me and Maurice, for the first time, we fly to America, and we're going to preach in a church in America for the first time. I want to tell you something about this story, because I'm, I'm trying to lift your faith. In 2013... I had a prophetic encounter dream thing, whatever you want to call it. So I'm sleeping one night. I never had a desire to minister in, in America. It wasn't a, I don't say, it was just not important to me. I always thought, you know, they have Bill Johnson and Heidi Baker, so why do they need us? You know, so we're, we're fine, right? And uh, so in 2013, I have this prophetic dream or encounter. We were, we were sleeping, and um, in the dream, I'm standing in a prayer line, and this famous prophetic voice comes, and he starts praying over me. And he, he's holding my hands, and he's prophesying over me, and he's like, God is going to open the door for you to the USA, and you're going to uh, release a message in America and all of this thing. And as he's praying for me, I start manifesting in the dream, right, and, and fall to the ground. But this is the crazy part. As it's happening in the dream, it's happening in my bed as well, physically. So she actually wakes up because I'm just going. And I fall on the ground, and I start laughing like Sarah laughed, remember? Like this, 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 this un, unbelief. I'm kind of like... And this guy, he's a super joyful guy, actually, you know. And he turns around and he rebukes me, right? And he starts rebuking him. He's like, "And I'm serious. God is speaking this thing to you. You're going to go and you have a word for the USA. And I'm going, okay, dude. <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> and that's it, right? 2013. It took six years, right? But last year, the door just opens up. In the month of October, supernaturally, anointing breaks the yoke, right? It is the power of God unto salvation for all things. It's manifestations, right? Why am I telling you this? Because all of this started after October, which is the Jewish New Year in any way. 2020, the decade of rest, the decade of the harvest, and the season of manifestations of the glory of God, right? You, we have to step into that thing by faith. You say, oh, but it didn't work the last time. I know, but it could work this time. Right? It could work this time. It doesn't happen like that every day for me either. Right? But when it does, oh boy, I'm enjoying it. Right? I'm enjoying it. And it, it sets a new benchmark for me of what is possible. Because the gospel is what? The power of God. It's the power of God. Right? Think about it. The power of who? How mighty is this God? (laughs) And what is the power of God? The gospel. This simple yet profound, powerful, life-changing message that, hey, there's hope because you have a Savior. And He died and He rose and He's alive and He lives. He wants to live inside of you. There's hope. That's the power. That's the simplicity. That's how simple this thing is. is To understand that when you walk into that township, when you walk into that village, when you walk into your house, that literally the kingdom of God just showed up. Why? Because I'm here. Thinking that's arrogant. No, it's not. He said the kingdom is inside of you. Right? So the minute that I showed up, the power of God showed up. People think, oh, you're arrogant. No, I'm full of the gospel. I'm just full of the gospel. It is the power of God. Right? 
That includes love. It includes the whole thing. That is power. Love is power. Righteousness is power. Peace is power. Joy is power. Justice is power. It is the power of God, right? Okay, one more story. So, we've been trying to raise the dead forever. Since I got born again, I heard about this guy called David Hogan. You know him. I started watching his videos and I thought, well, this is exciting, (laughs) right? The first thing I said to him when I met him, so I looked at him and I said, you need to teach me how to raise. He actually remembers it. He looked at me the other day. He said, remember you told me that. The first thing you told me is you're going to teach me to raise the dead. I'm like, yep, I remember, right? So that's the first thing. So ever since I met this man, we just decided we're going to try and we're going to pray and see if we can raise the dead, right? Because why? It's scriptural. It's, it's in the scriptures. And um, we've tried lots of times and failed every time, right? And it's, it's awful, right? You don't like it. I mean, this week again, we went to pray and it didn't work out, right? It didn't, you know? I've, I've been, I went to places with David and prayed for the dead and it didn't work out. You understand how disappointing that is, right? Then bring it closer to home when it's family that dies around you. Yeah. And you're the guy that kind of, you know, like you're the guy that goes or you're the guy that's rushed there or, or it's people that phone you and, and you're the call. You're the guy that they feel they're going to call in that moment, right? It happens a lot. I've been the last guy at people people's hospital beds a lot, a lot. I've seen death a lot because of it. And it does affect me every time. It's never nice, right? I've, I've been at places where they actually come back from the dead, where we've prayed and they would come back for an hour or two and then they go again. And it's like, you're crushed, right? You don't, like, why does that happen? We had it in the villages. We had it in the hospitals here. We had it with people that you know. Right, that we had moments where they would come back after being gone and they're back for an hour or two, fully awake, fully alive and w- reunited with their wife. And then the next minute we go and sit in the waiting room and you hear that alarm going off. And you realize it's gone the wrong direction now and they're gone. Right? So we, we've had these disappointments over and over. I had babies die in my arms. I've had dead babies in my arms. Family and others. Right? It's not, a, it's not fun. It's not like a light thing like, oh, we try and raise the dead. It gets to you at some point, and it's painful, right? We, we've done this over and over, and uh, it, it never works. <laughs> it, 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 like I say, you, you get better with handling it, but it's never nice. And all that I've learned is that I'm trying to be obedient, and that's my job, Right? The fact that I showed up, the fact that I did what God actually asks of us to do, which is to try and raise the dead, already that is successful in the eyes of the Lord. Do you understand? Because I'm obedient. So it's not a performance thing. It's not a numbers thing. But I'm obedient in that moment. But surely a manifestation would be good. Right? Somewhere we need a break. So... I also found this out in October. Now you're going to laugh at me and think, how did you miss this one? I'm going to explain to you. So two years ago in 2017, right, I'm going to try and pull some things together tonight. So in 2017, we, we had a conference in East London, like this prophetic conference. We had six or so churches come together over the city, which is a miracle already. And uh, we had this wild prophetic conference, which was pretty awesome and pretty wild and pretty scary to some, but it was good. And direct, I mean, two or three days later, we get in the car, uh, I drive down, we're in different locations, three different locations, my family, Marie's had worship stuff in East London, I brought the kids to Oma and Opa, and directly from that, I got in the car and kept driving to Zimbabwe. So, so, I mean, we did thousands of kilometers, I don't know how many services in 21 days, it was crazy, and it it was like ridiculously long services for some reason, five, six-hour service. It was awesome. It was beautiful. But it was exhausting, right? It was, it was like a real, it was a tough couple of weeks, but, but amazing. We're grateful for the fruit. So we finally end up at my friend's place in Masvingu, which wasn't Masvingu. I don't, still don't understand what happened there. Anyway, so finally we, we're at this place. I sleep in the kitchen. True story. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever slept in the kitchen of a ministry event. It's really horrible because <laughs> like... Especially if that's the only plug 
power plug in the area. So everybody's cell phones are like charging on this thing. You're sleeping and it's like alarms going off. off. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> it didn't help. So I'm tired. My attitude is not bad, but it's not great right now, right? <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together. Anyway, so, so the uh, last night, second last night, we're sitting again and not sleeping, doing door to door. We had a great day. And it's 11 o'clock at night and we get a phone call. And the phone goes and, and the pastor says, you know, we're talking, Sean, us, so I don't really know what's happening. And we're like, we're bringing somebody for prayer. I'm lost in translation, the whole, the whole story. You're going to see how lost in a minute, right? So they bring this uh, person, this girl, like 23, 24-year-old girl in. They put, they put her down on the floor and we're like, we need to pray for her right now. I'm like, okay, because I, I can see she's not looking good. In my mind, I'm going, I think you're dead. <laughs> But nobody's saying it, right? And the last thing you want to do is fabricate a story. So I'm thinking if this was Marie's, I would be freaking out right now, or Emma. And I'm kind of trying to read the room, but nobody's talking. Everybody's just praying, which is the right thing to do. <laughs> so we're praying, and, and, but she's stiff, she's cold, she's, I don't know. So I'm assuming, well, either she's dead, but I'm sure you would have told me if she's dead, right? Or they're thinking, stupid guy. You can see she's dead, right? Why do we need to tell? I don't know which way. Everybody probably thought it, but it's strange of the situation. So in my mind, I go, okay, she's in a coma. Let's just say she's in a coma. Then, you know, we're not going to fabricate the story. And because you don't want to fabricate, right? You don't want to ever be the guy that fabricated a story on this magnitude, right? So we pray for her for 15 minutes. Eyes rolled back, stiff the whole thing. The next minute, she gets up and she breathes and she's up and she's out of the room and that's it. She leaves. Gone. I'm like, okay. I'm thinking that was awesome. Everybody looks happy, but everybody goes to sleep. And it's kind of like, I don't, it just was the weirdest thing, right? So me and Vessel, because he was with me, one of our teammates, and we're all excited, but not even he thought she's dead, although she looked dead, but you just didn't go there. I don't know why. I just kind of, because I said to him, we're not going to, we don't know what's going on. So let's just say coma, right? Coma. Coma. I'm like coma. All right. So it's a coma, right? Anyway. So, awesome story already. Comas are, you know, that's good, right? We're happy. And not comas, getting them out of it is really good. And uh, so anyway, life goes on and, you know, try to raise the dead a couple of times again between then and, and now. So October, again October of 2019, I'm sitting and my pastor from Zimbabwe visits us for the first time in the Transkai. And I'm sitting with somebody and I'm telling him the story. I'm saying, that oh, was such an interesting story. This girl came in and, uh, you know, she was in a coma. And I'm telling it in Jairus. You all know Jairus, right? Uh, he's a good guy. Uh, we all know Jairus. He looks at me like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm like, what? what? He's like, no, you don't, you, you missed the whole story. I'm like, yeah? Like, tell me. He's like, no. What happened is this, Hink. So she went to the hospital, right, in Zimbabwe, in Masvingu. The hospital declared her dead. Okay? And from the hospital, on the way to the police to get the death certificate, the parents say to each other, is there not somebody that we can take her to that could raise the dead? And then they think of this group of pastors, and they bring her to us. So she was raised from the dead, doctor verified, dead raising. She's still alive today, right? Say manifestation. Say manifestation, right? Power of God unto salvation. Right? It's the power of God unto salvation for all men. Right? And it took 11 years to get a result or to get the story of the result. Oh my goodness. Just the story. It actually happened earlier. I just didn't. <laughs> like, Jairus, could you not have phoned me? Could somebody not tell me? Like, it would have really helped. Right? I want to tell you something else about this story. That's what I want to try and link it with what we were talking about this morning. Right? So in the conference in August, I'm standing in worship on the Saturday night. We were exhausted because I noticed that not being a church trying to organize a citywide conference without any resources is really hard, right? So especially when you have three children running around in nappies, your wife is the worship leader, you have to put it together, your team, they also have, it was just chaos. So we are exhausted. Saturday night worship, and I'm standing in the worship, and I'm just kind of going, this is awesome, but I'm really tired now, Lord. Having a great time. So I worship, and the next minute, I stand, and, and it's like heaven just opens. I, I didn't try. I didn't look for it. I was just tired. I was just thinking, Jesus, I love you. You're awesome, but I'm tired, and I'm just talking to him. 
I just shut my eyes. And the next minute, it opens up, right? And Jesus walks into my room, my world, right? And for the first time in my life, I saw him, not in a vision like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like I saw her. And he stands right in front of me with this blue sash all over him, glorious, wonderful Jesus. And I'm just going, what in the world is happening to me? Right? I'm just, I'm in my inside, I'm just weeping. we, We actually, it was such a crazy time. We drove back from East London. And remember, I just started weeping in the car. And she's like, what's wrong? I said, I didn't even tell you, but I saw him. Right? I saw him. It was my dream my whole life. I said, if I, I just want to see him before I die in this way. And finally, he's standing there. And I'm just like, what? And he goes to me and he says, I want to show you something. Right? And he takes me to this. It's a fountain, this sapphire blue, clear, just water coming out of it. And he shows me this fountain and he looks at me and he, and he, and he says these words to me. And I, I didn't even get it. I was just a knucklehead, right? So feeling sorry for myself. I'm tired. And he shows me this this fountain and he looks at me and, and I mean it's just life and I mean he's just incredible. Right? He's incredible. He's awesome. He's wonderful. It's worth it. It's worth it. Do you hear me? It's worth it. Right? And he looks at me and he goes to this fountain and he says, Hank, whenever you're tired, you can come here. And I say, Lord, what is it? He says, It's the fountain of life, son. Right? Two weeks later, I'm in Zimbabwe, and we have our first dead raising. Do you think that's coincidence? Right? It's when the mystic realm, the the rest, the presence, the encounter with God comes together in our inside, and we actually step out, and the gospel starts manifesting through our lives in power when we get the breakthrough that we've all been crying out for. You see, it's connected. It's not, it's not individual events, but these encounters, these stories, you said it this morning, these stories, what's the fruit? If it's real, if it's deeply touched us, there has to be an outflow of something. And suddenly the fountain of life manifested out of me and all, everybody in that room. It wasn't just me. Everybody who was praying in that room. And this girl, 24 years old, she just dropped dead in front of a shop on her way home. Just dropped dead, right? And God brings her back to life. Why? Because the manifestation of the Spirit came. The power of God, the gospel, was manifest in that moment. Right? That's why we need the anointing. We need to get back to our anointing. We need to get back to a place where we say, God, anoint us with power. Anoint us with an understanding of the gospel. Anoint us for encounters. Anoint us for intimacy. Because there's fruit. There's fruit on it, right? It changes us, and it changes the lives of those around us. Since then, we, I can tell you story after story. We had a drought, last story. So we had a drought in the village. In August last year, I go, because uh, when it rains, it's, it's, it's because of us, and when it's dry, it's also because of us, right? If there's water in the tap, it's because of us, and there is no water in the tap, it's our fault. That's kind of the world we live in right there, right? So it's lots of fun. But whenever it's dry, even the witches will come to us and say, please, can you pray? Because we know when you guys, this is a lady's word. She said, when you, I, she's old. She says, I know you're in the village. I say, how do you know that, mama? Because she can't see us. She says, I know you're here because when it rains, you, you, we know that you arrived. That's something. So now it's drought. It's horrible. They're going, all right, you guys need to pray. So they come to us, and, and uh, it's in August. And I look at them. I say, I'm sorry, it's not going to rain. Hey, like, you know, but you should pray. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling it. It's not going to happen. But this is what's going to happen. It's going to be like the, the widow's oil. It's not going to run out. The Christians are going to be fine. The believers are going to be fine, but it's not going to rain, right? So that's the word. I give it in front of everybody. So they're kind of, okay, upset. And I look at her and I'm like, the problem with that word is now that I can't say it and not back it up by my faith. Yeah? So there's no water in the tap in the village. So all we have is water tanks right now. So we have a 5,000-liter water tank connected to our house. That's all we have. We are, when we are all together, just us, team and so on, we're about 13, am I right? 14, 
I don't know, it's a lot of people. We're feeding a lot of people every night. My goodness. So it's like 15 of us, just us. Then you have the locals that come in for dinner and stay with us. Then you have teams visiting that was between teams of six to eight, ten people staying with us for long stretches of time, right? And then I go because I feel it's the right thing to do, and I tell them, I say, uh, but so because of that word, I just want to tell you, don't worry, you can get water from our tank. It's not going to run out. And then I go back and I look at the team and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, I know what I'm doing here. Anyway, right? And that's August. So we have teams from Iris coming, we have all of this coming, right? Here's the crazy, crazy part. So every now and again, me and Vesel, we go outside and we get water for a bath or we get water for the dishes or whatever. And we have skotulki and alchanons. And, uh, and every now and again, we're kind of, you don't want to do it because you don't want to look, you don't want to be that guy, but we kind of confessed it to each other. So every now and again, you just go on the tank and you just kind of, <laughs> where are we now, all right? <laughs> and then we both looked at each other and we said, just stop. We're not doing this anymore. Just stop. Like, okay, all right? So we go through it. I mean, it's August, September, October, November. We were there a lot. Right, it's lots of people, lots of lots of people. They came to get water from us, the people, right? So the last day, we we sent I sent the families home, and it's just me and the men staying behind because we had to do some practical work uh, on the base, and it's lots of dust, and we sent them home. Right, it's dry, animals are dying, it's a disaster, right? So we're standing there, and and it's the last morning, we're packing up, and I just want to do the last couple of dishes before we leave the house now to be vacant for a while. So I take the bottle and I put it down and and I'm thinking this is taking a bit long, right? Very long. I want you to hear how awesome God is, right? Last morning, everybody's leaving the base. That bottle fills up my 25 liters. I found her like I was on the phone. And I look at it, look at it, it's full. And I want to close the tap and I see it just stops by itself. And I look at her and I just start weeping. I'm like, you won't believe what just happened. The last drop just ran out. God honored his word. He honored his word. It didn't run out. When I came back in January, all our tanks were overflowing with water. Right? Isn't it awesome? God is amazing. And we have to have the courage to back up what he said to us through faith and through action. And sometimes we're going to miss it. Look at somebody next to you. You're going to miss it sometimes. I still miss so much. Oh, my goodness. But I've decided I'm going to try. I've decided that when I feel it, I'm going to put my faith to it. And I'm going to make this stupid statement. Get water, everybody. And then if I'm wrong, then I'm going to go, I'm going to think twice next time. And maybe pray and fast a little bit more before I release that word, right? It teaches us responsibility, but also shows how awesome he is, right? It's a season of manifestation, right? It's a season of the power of God breaking through. I want you to accept, expect that from the Lord, right? Come with an expectation saying, God, it's different. Your gospel is power. I'm going to trust you that things are going to start happening. There's lots of stories. Like I could keep going, but I'm not, right? Lots of stories that started breaking through. That, that one is so good. I can't not tell it. I'll tell it. Right? So this is the other one. Yeah. So, we're, so we're, we're not getting born again. We're not listening to us. Right? They don't want to listen. We're stubborn. I'm a cosa. What's wrong with them, man? Faith. They're stubborn. I like them so much, but they're like us. Do you know that? They're like the Afrikaner. Man, we are stubborn. You don't just turn us. Right? But when we turn, it's good. <laughs> right? So they don't want to listen. So we're figuring out, okay, Jesus, you need to show up because obviously my preaching... The whole team's preaching is not doing it. So something needs to happen. Dreams and visions, that's what we need, right? We're just praying dreams and visions. God, give them dreams and visions. It's awesome. So, so I promise this is the last story, okay? I might change my mind, though. And um, so it's a Sunday. Uh, I stop, pick up the people, and this lady looks at me. She's like, listen, can we please, after church, come and pray for this lady? She's very sick. She's not from here. She's been bedridden. I mean, she's really sick. Very explained to me. This is bad. She can't walk. She can't get up. It's, it's a problem. And I look at them, and for some reason, I didn't feel it. I, the Irish team was with us. I didn't feel it. I said to them, no, um, I'll come tomorrow. Right? We'll come tomorrow. We'll come and pray tomorrow. When we have time, we can 
spend time in prayer. They're like, okay, right? So the next morning, we, we go. We keep to our promise. We show up at the house. Maurice, everybody's with us. Walk into the house, and we're kind of, you know, because usually the sick person is in the bed now, especially if I explain how sick there's no one in the bed. So we kind of not confused about what's happening. And we go, so where's the sick person? And she's sitting up, right? So like, you know, I'm the sick person. Like, but anyway, so that's not what we thought we would expect. And we kind of look at her, and, and we're confused, and we're like, okay, but do you know Jesus? She's like, no. And then she goes, but I want to get born again. And I'm going, what? <laughs> that's, not, that's not the way it works here. And I always, got, I always went, why? Because <laughs> we're not used to it being this easy, you know? <laughs> anyway, so, so we kind of, and, and I actually did calm myself down without looking too shocked. I'm like, okay, but why? What, what's going on? What do you think is going to happen, right? And then this is her word. She explains it very clearly to us. She said, last night I was sleeping. And in my sleep, while I was sleeping, this man walked into my room. And it's Jesus. And he touched me, and I immediately got up healed. And the next minute behind him, I saw all of you. She's never seen us in her life. She's not from there. I saw all of you. And when you walked into the house, I realized that I need that God. She's like, that's why I want to get born again. Right? Isn't that something? That's a manifestation. Right? That's awesome. And we didn't do a thing. But the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel does this. Its inherent power will start doing this. Just need somebody to show up and just mix some faith into that and see the promises come to fulfillment. Right? Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. We honor you, Lord. Thank you that this gospel is power, Lord. Thank you that the whole story of what you did is the power of salvation unto all creation. It's what's going to change lives. It's what's going to raise the dead. It's what's going to set the captives free. You are the anointed one, and you live inside of us, Lord. And let your anointing flow and just refresh us as we step out and expect the impossible to manifest everywhere that we go. We need you, Lord. We need your fire in our lives. We need your power in our lives. And Lord, we repent if we made the gospel weak. In our understanding, we repent tonight, Lord. And we say, we come to you again and we give it to you. And we say, Lord, just change our perspective, Lord. We pray that that fountain of life will spring up inside of everybody. We will start drinking deep from the fountain of life. That we'll see the King for who He is. And that resurrection life will flow out of us wherever we go. In the name of Jesus. So what, what I want to do tonight is I want to pray for the anointing. Right? Zechariah uh, chapter 4. Is it 4? Yes. It speaks of the, the two olive trees that stands and it releases the golden oil into the lamp. And it's this constant flow. Constant flow. Right? of the golden oil of God. That's, that's about the glory. It's about the presence. It's about manifestations of power. And what I want to do tonight is I want to pray that there will be an awakening in the anointing on your life, right? That there will be a fresh oil that will be poured out over our lives. Because sometimes it's fresh oil. It's new oil for a new season, right? That anointing has to do with the priest and the king, Zechariah 4. It's the priestly, kingly anointing. And I believe God is pouring out the kingly anointing on the body in a whole new way. Some of you don't know how powerful you are. You don't get it yet because you forget who's living inside of you. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with me. I can write a book on failing. But then every now and again, He comes. And I believe we're stepping into greater manifestation, greater breakthrough, greater anointing.